Hi, I'm Jeff Walters, and welcome to The Minutes. And thanks for listening today. It's great to have you along on The Minutes for the week of February the 26th, 2024. This is a City of Thunder Bay podcast. The Minutes takes a look at what happened at Thunder Bay City Council this past week. On this episode, we'll have a rundown of what happened at a shorter agenda council meeting on Monday and an interview with planning manager Devin McCloskey. There's a lot of talk about housing in Thunder Bay and right across Canada, so we'll talk about how planning can make it easier to build more homes and places to live here in Thunder Bay. But first, council voted to rezone a piece of property on North Waterloo Street. The land was zoned as partly industrial and commercial, and the rezoning would make all of the land commercial. The proposal is to build a strip mall on the land. It's next to another strip mall. And another piece of property had its uses expanded. A former tire garage on May Street will now be able to have a business that will allow for auto repairs, painting, and coating of vehicles. The current zone and bylaw has auto body shops directed to industrial zones. In this application on May Street, the applicant says only a small portion of the garage would be used for painting. Administration recommended rezoning all of the properties. Council approved a resolution to petition the federal government, asking it to reconsider its cap on international student permits. The cap was put in place to ease the national housing crisis and impact on the health care system. In a memo to Council from the chair of the Intergovernmental Affairs Committee, Council heard how a cap on international students would have a financial impact on both Lakehead University and Confederation College. International students in Thunder Bay also make up a large portion of the workforce of the service industry, The resolution asked the federal government to take a measured approach to any cap on students, including consultation with communities, colleges, and universities. Council approved the purchase of a new pumper truck for Thunder Bay Fire Rescue. The custom-built fire truck is worth $1.4 million and will be built by Fort Gary Fire Trucks. The company was the one bidder on a tender that closed in November. Thunder Bay Fire Rescue keeps pumper trucks on the front line for 15 years and then moves them to reserve status for another five years. The truck this pumper will replace is 21 years old and it's deteriorating. The new pumper will also produce fewer greenhouse gas emissions. And that's a wrap as to what happened at Council this week. For more information on anything that happens at Council, please visit our website, thunderbay.ca slash council. We hear a lot about housing. It's a priority for both the federal and provincial governments to get more housing, especially multi-unit housing like apartments built here in Thunder Bay. There was a public meeting about zoning on Monday night, not necessarily about housing, but how does zoning and housing and everything all tie together for development in our city? Devin McCloskey is the manager of planning here in Thunder Bay, and she can explain how this all ties together. Devin, thanks for joining me here in the Minute Studio. Hi, Jeff. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in today. So so uh, Monday night, there was a public meeting for some zoning bylaw amendments. I know this wasn't about housing, um, but these public meetings come up quite often at council. So, so why do we have these? Public input uh, is a really important, uh, a necessary component of any effective planning exercise. It's, it's essential that uh, residents of Thunder Bay are, are made aware of various planning initiatives and proposals, and they're given a fair opportunity to express their views on on those on these matters. So we provide notice uh, well in advance uh, per the legislation, and we provide an opportunity for people to appear before council 
uh, to to provide their views on on concerns that they may have. So can you give me an example of maybe when we'd have to have some planning things come to some to council and we won't because. I know not every change that we have for planning is is brought to council. That's a great question. So I can I can answer that by explaining that uh, we have something called as of right. Um, it's an expression that's that's used, uh, meaning that uh, no planning approvals would be required. Um, uh, so it's already sought uh, the the appropriate planning approvals through an updated zoning bylaw or an official plan policy. Um, and somebody would be able to just uh, come in with a development proposal and proceed straight to a building permit. Okay, so green green light all the way. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, there's a lot of things that don't get green lighted all the way. So what are like what's something that maybe wouldn't see the green light? Um, I guess a, a good example would be uh, an application uh, for for housing. Um, perhaps um, you know whether there's circumstances about a property um, that you know provide uh, all of the the appropriate amenity, parking, and and so forth. Um, but they are looking, you know, they're they're seeking a, a reduced frontage, for example. So our minimum current frontage requirement. Um, for a single uh, and, and, and for duplexes as well uh, is 10 meters. So we do see applications uh, where people are coming in to ask for perhaps a 9.5 meter um, frontage. And uh, in that situation, they would be proceeding with a minor variance uh, going straight to the Committee of Adjustment for an approval. Uh, we give notice of, of those to the adjacent neighborhood um, within 60 meters and, and ask for, um, for their comments. Um, and then we uh, we evaluate that that proposal, um, and planners provide a recommendation um, to the committee of adjustment. And the committee of adjustment meets the final decision in the end. That's right. Okay, so we have this new zone in bylaw. It was passed a you know a year or two ago now. How has this changed development in Thunder Bay? Generally speaking, uh, the new zoning bylaw has made. Uh, many of the developments that we had been seeing um, more permissible. So uh, the reduced frontages um, to 10 meters has provided for more opportunity for uh, housing development to take place. We allowed for um, an as-of-right three units um, uh, per lot um, on a 15-meter lot. We created uh, a new urban uh, low-rise zone and uh, we are now allowing for backyard homes, uh, additional dwelling units in places where they were previously never allowed. Um, and we've also relaxed the commercial hierarchy across the city. So this makes it easier to build, essentially. That's right. So as a right development um, is, is, uh, is there for people so that uh, they don't need to proceed with uh, planning approvals um, present in front of council or the committee of adjustment and potentially face uh, the process of, of appeals if, uh, if, if there is opposition um, to that to their application. So lots of talk about uh, housing in Thunder Bay, housing right across the, the country. How does zoning change how and where homes can be built? Zones contain rules and regulations that control present and future land uses, including what can be built on on property and where. Uh, Zoning contains density standards for a lot's minimum frontage and area coverage. It also contains minimums and maximums for location and height requirements for building and setbacks. Uh, Land use planning is is very important. It's uh, it's recognized as one of the most important policy instruments in Canada. It truly has the ability 
um, to to shape uh, the way that our neighborhoods look and feel. Essentially, zoning um, implements our official plan. So our official plan is a um, a provincially approved document. It also implements uh, priorities of the province, and zoning um, comes into play to to do those things. Uh, planning affects more than just land. It's It affects how people live and move um, within their community. Um, good planning can create growth. It can create a strong tax base. It can lead a city into the future. Uh, council's decisions have significant consequences uh, to determine how the city develops and grows. So so when it comes to, to development and planning and that sort of thing, can that influence, you know, building of homes and that sort of thing? I'm, I'm, I'm asking it that way because we're hearing that so much from the, from the provincial and federal governments. It certainly can. Um, if you've got over uh, over stringent uh, regulatory procedures, it can be an impediment to development. It can present barriers uh, to to development, whether it's uh, it's time or, or cost. So having um, having flexible zoning, having zoning that. Uh, truly uh, can incent as well uh, how development would, would proceed is very important. Um, it can have far-reaching implications on urban sprawl and in- intensification, uh, the vibrancy of commercial and core areas, affordable housing, transportation, um, its natural environment, or quality of life. So when I would kind of alluded to those federal and provincial programs that we've we've heard a bit about, there's been a fair amount of attention on them. Have we seen any impact on on building yet in Thunder Bay with the announcement of, of, of some of those programs? Uh, we're happy to say that we are reaching our our target uh, that was established by the province. Um, that's uh, that's been out uh, in in the media uh, already. It's, it's uh, stating that we've. We've over, um, we've actually overachieved. So we're at 124 um, percent of the target that was assigned for 2023. Um, we are anticipating um, some funding to be provided to us um, out of out of having reached that target. Um, we do intend, um, as as per the, the the government's requirement, we will have to put together an investment strategy. Their criteria is to follow. Um, and those funds will be spent um, on providing for more housing. So whether it's infrastructure or incentives, um, all of that is uh, is still to be developed. Um, we have also applied uh, to the housing accelerator fund, um, and that fund, if we if we receive the the dollars that we've applied for, uh, would support affordable housing multiple units um, and adding or missing middle um, attainable housing. Uh, it would be encouraged to develop housing that's on existing infrastructure um, along major transit routes. And, um, and and so we are, we're excited to hear the outcome of that. I've got one term that you use there. And I just want to clarify what it is because I don't quite get it. The missing middle. What is the missing middle of housing? That is, uh, it's a it's a term that's come um, it's come to be used more frequently. Um, the missing middle uh, it, it can be a localized term um, for Thunder Bay. We know that the missing middle um, is it, it it's uh, it can be apartments. Um, there's a great greater need for for that kind of uh, affordable or attainable um, type of housing. Um, it can also be the the smaller um, single detached um, within 
um, existing residential areas. So um, it's been identified that that type of housing um, is in very, very high demand. So it's typically the, the housing that's in, in the highest demand. So, th- so that would be things like, um, you know, like, uh, like apartments, as you said, maybe some backyard homes. Not that they're necessarily in demand, but that would be a, a kind of housing that would be would be kind of missing from what we have right now. Um, I, I would say backyard homes are not in high demand. Um, uh, we would certainly like to see more of them because we believe that they would be um, achieving. Um, uh, some intensification targets, so they would be, um, you know, providing for more housing on on existing properties. Missing middle, middle really has to do with um, just the provision of 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 the of the the, the principal um, dwellings on on the property. Okay, and, and then uh, just to clarify too, the the funding that was that you spoke about there, that's all provincial dollars. That's what we're we're going, or that's what the the housing target has to do with right now is the provincial dollars. Um, the housing target, yes, the the BFF fund, um, building uh, faster fund, is provincial dollars. Um, the other one, yeah, the federal the federal one, we're <laughs> we're waiting to hear what's going on. That's right, and that's the half, so the housing accelerator fund, and it's a CMHC federal initiative. Devin, appreciate you coming in today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. That's Devin McCloskey. She is the manager of planning here in Thunder Bay, and she joined me in the Minutes studio. A big thanks for listening to the Minutes this week. Of course, if you want more information about city council, agendas, or minutes, just visit our website, thunderbay.ca slash council. Of course, if you want more information about city council, agendas, or minutes, just visit our website, thunderbay.ca slash council. And if you want to listen to past episodes or maybe provide some feedback, visit thunderbay.ca slash the minutes. You can also find the minutes wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Amazon podcasts, along with Spotify, plus our website as well. I'm Jeff Walters. Thanks for listening this week. We'll chat again next week. Make it a great day.